Third Shift presents The Imposter's Guide to Gaming, your quick fix for gaming news. Here are your hosts, Eric and Matt. Well, everybody, hey, welcome back. It's freaking episode 21 of IG2G. I'm one of your hosts, Eric, and with me, as always, is a Mr. Matt. You know what? Hey, are you guys excited about escaping from stuff? Yeah. Oh, does that sound cool? Yeah. What? Do you like pink marshmallows? What? Yeah. 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 <laughs> Do you like strange RPGs and disappearing people in towns? No. Oh, man. <laughs> hey, I got one. How about people who love to fight and kick each other's butts? That Everybody loves that. Everybody loves that. That's right. Well, guess what? We've got all that and more, so stay tuned. Top 5 Releases. First up this week, coming out on the 11th of January for 20 bucks for the Nintendo Switch, this is The Escapist 2. Now this has been out on, I believe, PC, probably PS4 and or maybe Xbox One, but it's coming to the Switch, developed by Modi Tooth Studios and published by Team 17. This is a game all about, hmm, gee, escaping from prison. Then this one, they've added multiplayer, so you get to team up drop-in, drop-out co-op, either split-screen or online with up to three buddies. So that's pretty fantastic. This game's all about, you know, living the prison life. You gotta work within the prison systems, but also, like, steal some supplies, steal some tools, steal some weapons, craft your own escape, you know, the great escape style, or tunnel out, you know, in the wall, make a poster to cover up your tunnel hole, all kinds of really cool stuff. It's been out for a little bit on the other systems, so if you don't have those and you have a Switch, check it out. Remember when I mentioned that you could play as pink marshmallows well everybody should know what i'm talking about you know why because i'm talking about kirby battle royale this just was released on the 3ds now you say what eric who plays their 3ds anymore i just got done playing it but who does that who does yeah who does that that strange confoggled system with two screens and the 3d notch thing which they took out because nobody cared about it I liked it. <laughs> I did too, but you know what? No one else did. So. We're <laughs> the only two humans who engaged yeah. 3D in this world. <laughs> oh, goodness. Well, if you're still rocking out that 3DS and you haven't put it down for the Switch permanently, guess what? Nintendo just released... Well, I should say it's HAL Laboratories developed it, and of course Nintendo published it. Yeah. But everybody should know this by now. HAL's always been involved with the Kirby series. Just went ahead and released Kirby Battle Royale for the Nintendo 3DS on January 19th, 2018. If you don't know what this is, it's a Battle Royale game. What? It was in the title, man. Oh, That's amazing. What? Oh, God. So, yes, in this game, you play as, guess who? Kirby and different versions of Kirby and different game modes and different battle arenas. In fact, there's 10 different game modes and a whole bunch of different arenas in which you engage one to four different players and you go head-to-head battling one another in different obstacles to win the day. And, of course, these different Kirbys have the different Kirby abilities and you get to pick which one you want to roll with and, of course, try to destroy your enemies. It, it looks like a lot of fun, mm-hmm. but at the same time, it doesn't look very meaty. It, it kind of looks like it's a, a you know a twenty dollar game, but it is full price. Mm. But hey, you know what? If you're a Kirby fan and you're still rocking out that 3DS, and you know, got, hey, just admit it, titles are getting pretty slim pickings here for the 3DS because the Switch <laughs> is taking over. This might be something for you guys to pick up and play until uh, the new Kirby first Switch comes out. So if you're interested, take a peek, Rooney. I am actually interested in that. That sounds kind of cool with the different Kirby's with the different powers fighting each other. 
That actually sounds yeah. pretty cool. Well, and I was looking at the game modes and stuff, and they've got awesome different arenas with obviously different uh, you know effects in the area. So you might have mm. to look out for like a tornado going around. There's ones where you got to like get the bomb or whatever you want to call it into the bucket, and mm. they're trying to stop you. That kind of stuff. So a lot of fun. Nice. Coming up next, we're talking about punching and kicking people in the face. Coming out on the 16th of January for 40 bucks. Developed and published by Capcom for. I believe it's just PC and PS4. This is Street Fighter V Arcade Edition. This is, I mean, it's Street Fighter V. It's more Street Fighter V. This version has the arcade mode. It's got the extra battle mode. It's got a gallery. It's got team battle. It's got all the DLCs that originally released, all the DLC characters, at least to this point. And it's also got new V-triggers for all of those characters. So if you didn't get on the Street Fighter V bandwagon when it started, this is the perfect point to jump in. Like I said, it's only 40 bucks, so it's not brand new game price. You get a little bit of a discount because it is some sort of re-released content. But like I said, you don't have to pay for the DLC characters. You don't have to earn them in the in-game store. They're just right there. So if you want to jump into Street Fighter V, here's the perfect time to do it. There's, I think there's been a little bit of rebalancing, but not a whole lot. And it's just a, you know, a nice big collection edition. There you go. What do you want? What do you want from me? Street Fighter V. This, some say, is the edition that should have been at launch. This yeah. is the Street Fighter that everybody was hoping was going to be the Street Fighter when it came out last year. Mm. It's got all the characters there, like you mentioned, everything else going on, and it's getting all sorts of praise. So if you're finally wanting to go get back in a Street Fighter, this is, this mm -hmm. is it, Matt. This is this it. Is you it. keep talking about it. You gotta go get it. I still have my unwrapped Street Fighter Five in, <laughs> in the room, though. That's one of my oh, rewards my. for this year. <laughs> it's, per it's perfect, Matt. Perfect. It is. You know what I love to do, Matt? You know what my favorite thing is? I do. Yes, I know you do. It's going and doing bad things and then getting committed to a, a you know sanitarium for a little bit, right? Yeah. Yep. I've done it several times. Mm -hmm. It's fun. Yeah. So, you know, if you, if you like that, okay, if you like that, but you don't actually want to go out and commit to it, I got a game just for you. It's called Inpatient. <laughs> Crazy Person Simulator 2018. Yeah. It's perfect. Guess what? It's published by Sony Computer Entertainment, developed by Supermassive Games. Supermassive Games, you say? Yes, that is the individuals who did Until Dawn, which was a fantastic, awesome game in which you made all sorts of choices, tried to save a bunch of teenagers from certain doom, and failed miserably. It's a great time. It's a great, great game to play. If you haven't, do yourself a favor and do so. These gentlemen and ladies made a new game called, once again, The Impatient. And it comes out January 23rd of this particular year. You find yourself waking up with amnesia. Oh, surprise, surprise. Inside of the Blackwood Sanatorium. This takes place about 60 years prior to the events of Until Dawn. And once waking up, of course, what do you got to do? Find out why the hell you're here, what's going on. So you start talking to other patients, nurses, etc. And things, of course, probably get out of hand, go bad, go wrong, go sideways. And then the fun really gets going, because that is definitely my kind of fun. Mm -hmm. So if you like a good horror game or a good psychological thriller type game, this is going to be something you're going to want to be paying attention to. So make sure you get your hands on it. And if you want to get your hands on this one, you can get it for the PlayStation 4 and for the PlayStation VR. Ooh. So for all you VR fans out there with your rich monies and all your uh, monocles and stuff, you know, maybe <laughs> you can hats. afford that. Yeah, and your top hats. Good luck to you in the VR circumstances, but us poor folk will have to settle on the <laughs> PS4. 
Now, number one, the final release this week, it's a game I talked about many IG2Gs ago. This came out on the 9th of January for only 10 bucks. This is available for PC and Mac. It has been for quite a while, but now it's out on iOS, Android, PS4, which is where I'm going to get it, and PS Vita. What am I talking about? This is Little Red Lie, developed and published by Will O'Neill. This is the game where your only interaction is lying to yourself, to other people, to society at large, to you, the narrator. All you can do is walk around and lie about things. And I played the in-browser demo of this just earlier today, like 15 minutes before we're recording this, and the writing in this game is absolutely like gripping. It's just like powerful. It just grabs you right from the beginning with the type of things your character's thinking about. It really puts you in the mindset of somebody who is in like the certain mindset, the kind of like depressed kind of in denial about certain things, lying to yourself about the way you're thinking about the things that are happening. Just fantastic. Even just from the five to 10 minutes that I played alone, might be talking about it later in the episode, but if I don't, Check out a previous IG2G for more on that. Number five. So a game I'm personally interested in here is Lost Fear. And this game's developed by the Tokyo Dream Factory and of course published by Square Enix themselves. And this, if you're unaware, is the, the little little side group that Square Enix said, hey, we want you guys to just go and start making old school RPGs um, and just do what you want with it. But make sure that it's old school, goes back to the old tropes and all the fun things back in the day. And that's exactly what they did with their first title, I Am Setsuna, which came out, was it last year, year before? It's been a while now. I think, I think was, two years ago. Yeah. So they released a title called I Am Setsuna, which everybody thought was really good, if not a little bit, you know, narrow, I guess would be the best term for it. Mm. This is its spiritual successor, Lost Fear. It is going to be on, what is it, the Switch. It's going to be on the PlayStation 4 and, of course, PC. And this title comes out January 23rd, so right around the time when you're hearing this, you're going to be able to purchase this. If you don't know, which I just said, it is an old school RPG and you take place of a dude named Kanata. He has this terrible dream in which like the world's being wiped out and when he wakes up, he finds out it's actually starting to come true. The world is slowly like disappearing in like a white fog and they can't explain it and don't know what the hell's going on. So, of course, you're the hero and you start to try to figure things out and find out you have all these powers and etc cetera, etc cetera, and you find other members who can help you along your way. And then the story unfolds and you find out the baddie and da-da-da-da-da-da. The beauty of this is, is that it is an old school RPG. It's got mm-hmm. turn-based. They use the active time battle, which is you know popular in the old FF games, Chrono Trigger, oh, yeah. etc. It uses that battle system. You go back and forth one another. It's got the old little sprites walking around on the cool little you know pre-rendered backgrounds there and whatnot. It looks fantastic. I like it. I want it. Unfortunately, it's one of those titles where I'm like, oh my god, I'm, I'm in the middle of Xenoblade Chronicles 2. Mm-hmm. This is already going to consume another 78 hours of my life. How am I going to get to this title? But I don't want to <laughs> miss it. And by the time I get to it, guess what else is out? Octopath Traveler. Yeah. So I'm like, oh my gosh. But if you are a younger individual than I am and you have more time than I do, even if you don't like old school RPGs or don't think you do or don't remember if you do, I would recommend you can go check it out. There's a free demo right now on the Nintendo Switch. Download it, play it, because it's a beautiful game, and it's got all that old, just reminiscent of all the old ways you played the game, items, magic, you know, what we always talk about. Mm -hmm. It's that in a nutshell, and the story looks pretty cool. Instead of just having one big baddie, and he's going to destroy the world, the cosmos, 
it's like a mystery. You know, the, the world's fading and you're trying to figure out why. And it carries forward from there. I think it looks really fun. I think everybody should check it out. Number four. Now, going from one Switch game that's a throwback to old school games, I'm going to take you guys to another Switch game that's a throwback to an older game. This game is called Never Stop Sneakin'. I have been waiting to talk about this on IG2G for a long-ass time because this is a throwback, I mean, slash parody, slash I'm a loving fan, but I get to make fun of this thing of the original Metal Gear Solid. If you don't know anything about Never Stop Sneakin', stop the podcast right now and go watch the announced trailer for it. It is so over-the-top and ridiculous. The story in this game is basically a guy named Amadeus Guildenstern has made a time machine has gone through time and has stolen all the presidents and they're being held hostage by his like executive branch of evil populated by such characters as dr acula vice president helicopter who is a helicopter and two guys named shod and freud who run around together so you see it's just over the top ridiculousness i think i watched on kotaku there was a you know hey we play through the first 20 minutes of it the opening cutscene is the most over the top ridiculous parody slash send up slash loving homage to metal gear solid specifically metal gear solid 3 it's just ridiculous i was sold on it right away don't have the switch yet so i can't play it but they also market this as kind of the stealth game for people who don't like stealth games because pretty much everything is automated in this game. If you sneak up on a guard, you don't have to like whip out your sword and hit him. If you sneak up on him and you're in range, it'll automatically do it. If a guard spots you and you have a bullet, it'll automatically shoot him and take him out. If a turret spots you and you have a, you know, an EMP grenade, you'll automatically throw it. So it's more like kind of like a puzzle/maze game. How do you go through the level? with you know managing your items but you don't really have to actively do it like i know i have three bullets i can go into this room with three guards they'll all be dead i know i have a chaff grenade i can run into the surveillance camera that'll pop everything will pop it's not really you know sneaking and watching guard patterns it's knowing what you have what you can automatically do and just running quickly through the level popping all this stuff off all at once Oh, I mean, you said it right. It's item management. It's looking at what you're getting into and just going, all right, I know I'm going to need seven bullets for this. I'm going to need two EMP grenades. I'm going to want to have, you know, my blade or throwing knives or whatever it is in the game that you need. Mm -hmm. And then uh, preparing properly to go into that scenario so you don't screw yourself. That sounds cool. See, that sounds way better than actually sneaking around and then having to <laughs> X, Y quickly. Oh, my God. Oh, uh, and then failing and just getting shot at and then just blowing everybody up and going Rambo because, you know, why not? Mm. So it, it is definitely that fast, puzzly slash maze type of stealth. It looks really fun in action. It looks really fast. It looks really Rambo style, but you don't have to do anything, really, if you if you get what I'm saying. Like, you don't have to be like, oh, my aim's super good, and I'm tap, 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 and I shoot all the bullets out. So it, it looks super stylish and super actiony and super fast, but it's really simple for you on your input end. You know, it's, like you said, it's just knowing what you have and what it'll do, and you can just charge right through. So super cool that way, super over-the-top story, ridiculous Metal Gear Solid parody. Yeah, there's a little bit of base building in there, and just, I don't know, it's just, I think you build up your base, and you go into enemy bases, root around, find more stuff, bring it back out, make yourself better for your next run. There you go. That's it. That's Never Stop Sneaking. So, you know, get it on your Switch. Never Stop Sneaking. Have a great time. I mean, if you love Metal Gear Solid at all and you have a Switch, you need to have this game just for that opening cutscene, just for the Never Stop Sneaking song that plays during that announced trailer that I mentioned earlier. Go watch the announced trailer. Go watch the opening cutscene. If you love Metal Gear Solid, you're going to love this game. Never Stop Sneaking. Number three. 
Number three. This next title is another release for the Switch, boys and girls. This game came out January 18th for Nintendo Switch of this year. What game would I talk about? That would be Darkest Dungeon. Yes, this game did come out a year ago for the other systems, but the Switch just got its hands on it. And my God, if you all haven't seen this game already in action, you're doing yourself a disservice. Mm. It looks like, you know, your old school wizardry mixed with an RPG mixed with freaking Dark Souls. I mean, <laughs> I was gonna say, doesn't, doesn't it mixed with Cthulhu sometimes too? Because your yes. characters can actually go crazy the more awful stuff they see. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. So the whole thing of this game is you're, you're the main character. You come upon this uh, mansion of sorts that you inherited from your, your dead uncle or whatever. So you go in there to f- settle the account, settle the score. This is a classic Cthulhu setup, by yeah, the way. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. You come in, and of course it's just necromancy, death, decay. It's super just dark and brutal. And you get a team together, and then you head into these dungeons underneath your mansion and around the mansion, you know, the graveyard, the forest, the caves. Mm-hmm. So the cool shtick about this game is, first off, yes, it's got the RPG elements, you know, attack, the, the characters have different skills. You get all sorts of different characters that have the different skill sets, you know, your healers, your, your, lo- your range characters, your heavy melee, your light melee, that kind of thing. And when you're in these dungeons, you have to prepare for the dungeons. You need food, you need torches, you need different potions of sorts to keep people sane, to keep people happy, fed. Just like you were saying, the cool thing is every character has like a condition set. Mm -hmm. And you have to keep them happy because as they go along in here, they're going to start to freak out. If the torches get low, some of them are scared of the dark. And so they start to get fearful. And then they start to have quirks. And then they go insane. Mm -hmm. And so you have to make sure you're countering that with the proper items, potions, spells, whatever it may be, to keep everybody intact. Isn't there too kind of like a party rotation system where you can like put him up into into like therapy or like in the med yes. bay or whatever. So like he's starting to go nuts. So we're going to put him out, swap him in for this person, but she's only like halfway healed from the last thing, so she might have a disability as she's going in this time. That's exactly it. Mm-hmm. As your characters get jacked up, you can go get them back to town and send them on like side quests that'll heal them up, you know, maybe tell them to go to the bar and have some beers and just relax for a couple nights. Mm-hmm. Obviously they're no longer able to be in your party, so you got to swap out. And like you said, maybe they're in real bad shape so you have to get him out of there but then you bring in Susie who's still you know not quite right in the head and you drag her out of the sanatorium anyway Mm -hmm. and so now she has these things called quirks so like maybe now she won't cast every other spell or something Mm -hmm. and so you have to deal with that and you have no choice and you have to take them through and the best part of it all is if you lose one of your players in these dungeons it's in, it's dead forever dead mm-hmm. you know and that's where the like the you know the bloodborne dark souls kind of just brutal take on it comes in yeah it's over you now when you go back to town there's a graveyard and you can go in there and you can ch- check out all your dead players and you know what they mm-hmm. were who they were and it's just really neat. I like that whole concept of really, like what you talked about in that previous game, was prepping. You know, just, mm-hmm. all right, I'm going into this dungeon. I know it's a mid-level. It's going to have this and this. I really should bring, you know, 27 torches. I'm going to need at least four days' worth of food. I'm going to need this kind of potion because I'm going to be fighting undead, and they're going to be biting my players and screwing us up. That kind of thing always makes me happy. I love the strategy element of planning it out and then, of course, efficiently getting through it. Just tons of fun. Mm. The artwork and the style is really dark. Like you said, that Cthulhu kind of thing going on. Yeah. Ah, an amazing game. 
really fun. And for the Switch, they added touch controls. So, nice. if, you know, you got it in handheld and you're just inclined to do so, you can just sit there and touch the screen and move it over and they'll move to the next screen on the map and do their little thing and uh, roll along. I really like this. It looks awesome. Now, quick question before we do yep. close the door on this. There is an expansion to Darkest Dungeon available on PS4 and the other systems. Is that bundled in with the Switch version? Is this the complete version? I don't think it is. Oh, I was looking no. for that, and I was trying to read up on it, but it did not state that it was a complete edition. Oh, man. So I don't, at this moment, I don't think it does have everything wrapped in. You'll probably still have to buy the DLC. Oh, okay, okay. If it did, it didn't mention it whatsoever in the two different reviews I checked out. Gotcha. It didn't say it had everything. And, of course, in the title it doesn't say complete edition or ultimate edition or anything uh, okay. it's just it's darkest dungeon so i'm assuming it does not man unfortunately oh man. yeah well you gotta make that money man it's true i make that money <laughs> number two so next up i'm gonna take you from a dark dungeon of actual dungeonness to the dark dungeon of the real world with depressing things and poverty and all kinds of sadness and mental disorders and all kinds of crazy stuff. I mentioned Little Red Lie earlier in the show. I've mentioned it in a previous episode, but like I said, I was playing through the browser-based demo the very first few minutes of that, and I would I can't reiterate enough how good the writing was in just that segment. You know, you start off, you're a girl waiting for her parents to come pick her up. You just got off the bus or the train or something, you're waiting for them, and so you can just interact in this little street level, and it's just walk up to the taxi cab lie about taxicabs. She's thinking about how she thinks about taxicabs, even though she expresses a different opinion to the rest of the world. Like, oh yeah, taxis are taxis are cool and great and they're economical, but I have to choose ride-sharing services because that's what everybody really likes and blah, blah, you know, and then I'll look cooler to everyone else, all my, you know, millennial friends. Go up to the, you know, the newspaper box. I'm like, oh man, here's this headline, but I know that it really means this. And it's just a, they write these stories in a certain way. So you already have this preconceived notion about the guilt of this person, even though it's all alleged crimes and stuff. It's the kind of things that people do think about, but you don't see expressed in games a lot. And plus, I just love the way that it frames some of these decisions. Like you go to where you're supposed to wait for your parents and it just pops up big on the screen. Lie about quitting smoking. And she just starts going, oh, I told him I quit, but I really need a cigarette before I can face these people. Oh, there's an ashtray over there. I'm going to have to go light up. Then I'm going to have to go, you know, use the bathroom to freshen up so that they don't know that I've started again, even though why should I have to lie about starting again? Because you can do whatever you want, blah, 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 blah. So you go light up, go to the bathroom. And the interaction for the bathroom is lie about being disgusting. And so she's thinking about how awful it is that she, A, does this stuff, B, that she feels like she has to cover it up, C, you know, it's like the inner shame of having to do all that stuff. It's just really well written and just really dark and depressing and like in denial, just, you know, that, that really dark mindset. It's just really, really well done. Matt, I'm starting to get worried, man. You're, you're talking about a lot of games about, you know, just lying and just messing with your own brain. I'm sad, Matt sad that you want to live in this world of lies <laughs> do we need to talk <laughs> well what's even better is i'm going to talk about another game by this guy his previous game called actual sunlight which is about being a fat depressed idiot who wants to kill himself but again it's one of those themes you don't see explored in games a lot and i watched maybe like a 10 minute chunk from like the beginning middle and end of it and you could see like the way he interacts with people and then it the way his inner mind works, like he's totally in denial to them, saying something else, thinking something else about them until a, 
I'm assuming there's some point in the game. I don't know if you can influence it with your decisions or not, but you see him snap and like he's, you know, all of his negative thoughts that he's been bottled up inside come pouring out and you get to see it in his actual actions, his dialogue, his thoughts. These two deep, dark, depressing games you just like sucked into this quagmire of depression and denial and just these negative attitudes. And it's like... Black hole, Matt. This black hole of depression. That's <laughs> exactly what it is. But, I mean, it's not overdone. Like, it's not hokey and corny. It's like the kind of things that you do see or hear or think yourself maybe sometimes or hear people talk about when they have these issues. So it's really well done. And it's really interesting. But at the same time, it's... Obviously, I want to play a game and have a fun time. Well, these are not the games for that, but these are the games for if you want, you know, deeper, darker, depressing style games, these are the two for you. Little Red Lion, Actual Sunlight. If you want to have a really bad time and get sad and depressed, bam, there you go. You can't go wrong. Play these games. You know, that's why we play games, man, it's to get sad, depressed, and give up. Well, see, I, I equate it to movies. You know, there's a lot of movies I like that are dark and creepy and leave you that like slimy feeling like nightcrawler just like ugh. but it's a good essential experience and mm-hmm. then you can go over and play you can play saints row 4 or you can play with a nintendo game and just have all right here's a bright cheery time cleanse my palate of that i, I think these are important things i mean not the kind of things you want to play all the time but it's important to have all the different view types all the different feels and modes and i would agree environments and you know what i mean well it just furthers the medium along you know, video games as an art form, which is something everybody talks about constantly. If it is to become fully that, then we need these types of games. We need to, to cover every spectrum oh, yeah. of feeling, emotion, state of being, all the questions. They all have to have a limelight somewhere in some game. So this is one step closer, Matt. That's right. So so there's my three <laughs> indie picks. You have a one over-the-top funny, ha-ha-ha, I'm going to have a great time, and then delve into the cesspool of despair with these two. Thanks, Will O'Neill, for making really interesting, if dark, looks at uh, you know the underbelly of society here. Good. I look forward to hearing you check that out, because Eric Batten don't need no depression, don't need no <laughs> sadness in his life. <laughs> Number one. The last topic of the night is something that Nintendo just announced. It's coming soon. It's not quite here yet. I believe it's April 20th. Nintendo Labo is launching. Nintendo Labo? What the hell is that? What the hell is a Labo? (laughs) What are we even doing? I don't understand. Well, guess what? These are cool little... There's one that's a variety kit and one that's a robot kit. What am I talking about? They're the cool little cutout cardboard pieces that nintendo sends you in this little box and you yourself and your children whoever mind you this is geared towards six year to 12 year old children or those young at heart you know just Mm. that want to have fun and check this kind of cool stuff out so anyways they send you these cardboard cutouts you put them together some of them take 15 20 minutes some of them take up to two hours to do and you put all the tape on, you put all the little ropes and wiggles together, mm-hmm. and then you insert your switch into it, and then the uh, the you know the Joy Cons into the different spots where it tells you to, and you're operating different things like a piano, a fishing pole, a uh, motorbike uh, steering wheel, mm-hmm. a robot kit. I mean, it's it's ingenious. I think. What do you think, man? I 100% agree with that. I saw it. I think via a tweet on the trending gaming section of Twitter, and 
GameStop is like, oh, Nintendo announces Labo, and they did that like thinky face emoji. And all the responses were, this is dumb little kid stuff. This is so stupid. But I was like, how can you not look at that and be like, man, I really want to pop out these cardboard things, put them together, and then have a physical object to play with? I mean, that's my that's been my problem with motion gaming is that all the best you can do is kind of approximate the kind of things you're gonna do. But here, Nintendo will send you a thing. You can spend some time, you know, yourself or with your kids, crafting, you know, making an actual thing, and then you have something to actually hold and touch and work and move while you're playing these motiony games on your Switch. I, I think it's absolutely ingenious. It's it's pure. It's creative. It's something only Nintendo would do. And it's just, I think it's amazing. And what's really cool about that is, first off, they're, using, they're finally using the Joy-Cons to their full measure here. Mm-hmm. For example, the piano one has this little refractive tape on it and whatnot, and you stick the Joy-Con underneath that has the... Um, the IR oh. sensor. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So it sees the different depths at which you're pressing those keys, and they can give you the exact correct tone of the piano stroke that you'd be typing, you know, not typing in, whatever, punching in, I don't know, whatever, or stroking, I don't know what they call it when you just tap the piano. <laughs> One of those things. <laughs> when you're hitting the keys of the piano? Yeah, sure, hitting the keys. <laughs> Oh, God. God. That's freaking great. (laughs) And then, of course, obviously with, like, the motorbike one, you pop the Joy-Cons in there. It's even got a brake handle on there that's connected to it. And Mm -hmm. you're just playing this. And, by the way, these these kits, the Variety Kit and the Robot Kit, come with these built-in games that you put on the Switch that play along with the the different toys or cardboard cutouts that you – Yeah, creations that you put together. Yes. So it comes with the gaming devices you need to interact with this stuff. But the best part is, and here's what I think is the coolest, is in, in the previous days, like you were saying, it used to just be some cheap like plastic thing mm-hmm. that was for this game. But like you said, it was kind of rudimentary, just kind of sucked, never was really that great. Mm-hmm. These like can be built specifically for a thing and can yeah. get it right because of all the cool different little items on those Joy-Cons. It can use all of its abilities and capabilities to make it accurate, to make it fun, to make it neat. And then to boot, they're like, hey, you know what? We didn't stop there. We're also going to have these accessory packs you can buy to put stickers, paint, things like that all over oh, it to nice. customize these creations. So they're going all out with this and making making it just so you can have a ton of fun just in building it and making it with your, your family, friends, or like you said, just for yourself if you know this is something you're into. It's awesome. And that's one of the things is, you know, I saw people comparing it to, well, this is like when the Wii came out and you had all the crappy plastic peripherals. Well, I can see what you're saying, yes, but B, these are things that you're making and you're, you know, you make it by hand. So even if, all right, I don't use the steering wheel thing much anymore, but it actually has memories because you put it together. You, you popped all the cardboard out, you bent it here, you put tab A into slot B, it, you made a thing that has so much more like value to it than just, I bought a cheap, you know, Chinese knockoff wheel Golf thing stick. that I just crammed mm-hmm. the Wii remote into and went for one game. Here's like you said, games that are designed for these creations, you put the time in, and then ultimately, at the end, you could even take them apart if you had to, pack them flat as, you know, the flat cardboard pieces they were. That way you don't have a whole bunch of, you know, the plastic junk lying around, because what could you do with that Wii, with that Wii wheel? Nothing other than Nothing. just, it was just there forever until you threw it away. Like I said, I think it's ingenious, and 
it's so creative. And these are the kind of things like the older I get, the more I want something that's creative and innovative and stuff that people don't do. It's kind of like going back to the last night versus last of us conversation. Like you can make a game that you control in a, in a normal way and make it look amazing, but you're still just holding on to the plastic thing and doing this versus Nintendo's the kind of company that here's a cool, a cool thing we made. Now what else can we make to make that even cooler? Like make these cool cardboard things so you can put them in and actually use them the way you're, you would be using them in the game. I don't know. I love it. I'm psyched about it. I don't even have a Switch yet, and I, I, I just want to make cardboard things, dude. I want to make cardboard cool constructions. And, of course, people have had questions, you know, is the cardboard cheap? It doesn't look cheap whatsoever. It looks like no. that highly, highly, uh, you know, I don't know, what do you want to call it, dense just high-quality cardboard. Uh, it's hard to explain because yeah. you all know what I'm talking about. You've seen oh, yeah. that cardboard. You know, like when you get a uh, very nice monitor monitor or TV or something, mm. it'll come with that super – This it's thin, but it's super strong cardboard, mm. well put together, doesn't bend for the life of you. That's what it looks like it's made out of. I was going to say, it looks like it's got, like, the scores or the creases in it to mm-hmm. make the actual folds nice and sharp and look like they, you know, they'll hold where they're supposed to instead of yeah, just – Yeah, flop out. Yeah, or or you have to bend it yourself and you kind of get it crooked, but that's the best you can do because once cardboard's bent, you can't really fix it. So, I mean, like you said, it looks high quality. It looks sharp. The stuff looks cool. They were showing the pictures of it. And I'm like, that would look really cool just sitting with the rest of my gaming stuff. Because mm-hmm. what is that? It's clearly, you know, a racing wheel with a little stand. And I made it. Yeah, I put it together. You know, yeah. I, I made this. And if you got the family, you know, we sat down with the kids and we did this. Mm-hmm. It's $69.99 for the variety pack and it's $79.99 for the robot kit. And this is a lot of people are like, well, it's kind of expensive for cardboard. Well, it's, you know, you're getting not just cardboard, you're getting this highly fabricated cardboard mm-hmm. with the cutouts, the imprints already there prepared for you to cut out and take care of and, and pop together and mold together with your family, friends, or yourself. And it comes with, like you said, the uh, software that interacts with the said mm. pieces to have fun with the games. I think the value in that is is right on the money. Oh, yeah. Be- because think about it. For 70 bucks, you're going to get hours and hours of time building these things with your, your kids or just yourself. doesn't matter. Like I said, that's mm. not the point. Just hours and hours of entertainment, just putting this together, the satisfaction of doing it and doing it right and seeing the completed project. Mm-hmm. And then when you pop the game in and you're using this thing you just built yourself and having a fun time with, I think that alone is going to be worth the money. Oh, yeah. You can get a game nowadays, and what do you do with it? You put it in and you hold the controller, and that's all you do. I don't even know what else to say. That's, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's fun, but this is like the next step. I mean, it's, it's yeah, great. Yeah. It's like the cool thing. It's a new way of interacting with your video games other than just holding it, and it controls the way everything else does. Well, it has different controls, and now it comes with something you can build to tangibly hold in your hands and operate the way you're supposed to. I, I don't know how to say it any better than that. The tangibility of it is what really is striking mm-hmm. to me. Like, it's not just a controller. It's... You made the thing, you're holding the thing, it's just... You're having a blast with it, you can accessorize it, paint it, make it your own. That that makes it even cooler, because, I mean, I, you know, I'm not going to lie, that would be freaking awesome. Hey, I got a robot kit, you got a robot kit. What do yours look like? Well, lay and put little flowers on it and do hickeys. Oh, man, I got, like, little robot decals and, like, the battle damage sticker you could put on where it's got, like, little circuitry stuff inside. I don't know, that sounds awesome. I, I'm just I'm mm. just saying, it sounds pretty freaking cool. 
Well, and then, of course, Nintendo's going to take this whole route with it. But, of course, you're going to get modders. You're going to get people that get creative out there on their own. Oh, yeah. And then they're going to start making the same type of thing. So, like, third party, you're going to be able to buy cool kits and put together all sorts of contraptions for different games and upcoming games and whatnot. And then, of course, oh, man, you go beyond that, you start getting into brand logos and things like that. So, like, for example, we do another podcast talking about Gearbox stuff. All of a sudden, someone's like, "Hey, I just created a Borderlands robot kicks get up," you know, and all. It's just. <sighs> I, I was just gonna say, you put this in the hands of the people that do cosplay or anything, and they these things will look like real things. Mm-hmm. I mean, it will still just be that with a little layer of paint, or maybe you know some PVC stuff around it a little bit, but it's going to look like a real racing wheel or a real piano or you know a, a used this or that or the other thing. They're going to take a picture of it and put it up on a freaking Instagram or Pinterest, and you won't be able to know that that's a cardboard thing. I'm mm-hmm. super excited for that. Yeah, there's there's so many applications this could go to, and it takes Nintendo's Switch into a whole other realm because mm. now you're just going from a video game, not only just video game console, but a portable video game console, so they were already kind of two-for-one in it. Mm. Now they're getting this whole thing where people who like to build and create and get imaginative and have fun, boom, opening the doors to all that, so you're going to get a whole new slew of people who are like, hey, yeah, I want to get on board with this cool little Switch thing. This is fun and neat. Mm-hmm. I think it's ingenious. It's a wonderful idea. It's right up Nintendo's alley. It's something nobody expects, and they did it. They went ahead and plugged it in there, and it goes back to, like everyone's been talking about, to their roots, you know? Like they used to do card games, you know, all sorts of little trinkets and toys and fun things, and it just it's right in their wheelhouse, and they're just pop, popping everything into one thing and putting all their money on it, and I think that's a smart idea. And I think, like you said, it's really smart to include this kind of thing that will attract other types of audiences that you wouldn't normally get. Yeah, you could put like God of War on the Nintendo Switch and get the exact same number of the exact same kind of gamers that all these other games attract. You put something in here and like you like we just said, the creative people, the people who love to build things, you know, maybe they got a Switch for the kids, but now they're going to get into it because they're going to be able to make these things and mod these things and create things and then play them in a game. So it's, it's more than just a game. Now it's creation. So the, those artistically minded people are going to be all over this stuff. It's just smart. People make fun of Nintendo for all these things, but all the weird, you know, control schemes and all this stuff make it accessible, make it interesting for all different types of people than just that core gamer who I'm going to play video games. So any video game that comes out, I'm going to get it. Now you put something like this out, somebody who wouldn't play a normal game, maybe they're going to get this and they're going to love it. You're just going to add to that revenue, add to that stream, which allows you to create more cool new things and you move on and move on. I mean, for me, it's a no brainer. Mm-hmm. As soon as this thing hits, it's I'm getting it for the kids. We're going to yeah. get it. We're going to build the cool things. I'm probably going to get the variety kit just because there's more there to do. Or as a robot kit, it's just one very specific thing. It's awesome. But I think with the variety kit, it'll be funner for my you know two year old and my my five year old, and mm-hmm. you know you get, get a little as it says variety. I'll get a little more variety out of it, so fun for the little ones, and I'm looking forward to it. So I'll be able to report on it personally once it hits. But for now, and you know, I've been looking at all the different you know the trailers and what people are talking about, and mm-hmm. I'm super excited for it. Can't wait. I think it's cool. The older I get, the more I like these innovative, clean, fun experiences, and this is like the perfect epitome of that. What's what's more pure and fun than popping some cardboard out and making a thing so that you can play more games with a thing? I don't mm-hmm. know. I love it. It's it's awesome. 
Well, I do too. So stay tuned, everybody. April 20th, once again, these things are hitting the market. If you're at all interested, check out the trailers. Go check out some other websites, things like that. They've got all sorts of info up there, good and bad, because like we said, it's been mixed responses all over the place. Yeah. But to hell with them naysayers. Go get yourself an imagination, suck of faces. And speaking of the naysayers, hey, how many of you have been playing with one of these things? How many of you have touched it and made it and done anything with it? No, I just saw it, and I think it's dumb. Stupid. I'm going to go play God of War and rip rip a giant's head off again for like the 1800th time. Yeah. <laughs> Puh. Puh. That's what I say. And what I also say is it's time to wrap it up. That's right. Imposters Wrap Up. So, of course, this podcast is brought to you under the Third Shift Network. So if you guys got any questions for us, any comments, any concerns, any mailbag questions, if you just want to say hi, you can do that via email at info at thirdshift.me. You can tweet at us at thirdshiftme, and you can find us on Facebook under Third Shift. We do have a wonderful Patreon set up, and we treat it like a tip jar. If you guys like what you hear, you know, hey, go over there and throw us a dollar. There's a, w- a bunch of wonderful people that already do that very thing. We appreciate you guys and gals so very much, and we appreciate anybody else who's thinking about doing it and does do it because it helps keep the lights on over here at the Third Shift Enterprises. Without that, you know what? We'll keep on marching, so don't feel bad. You can also send us mailbag questions, uh, likes, subscribes, all those good things out there that everybody always talks about. Those are super important. And I will say, you know what? You want to hear a particular game here on the IG2G? Well, send us in a question. Send us in a mailbag about what the heck you want us to talk about or lurk into, research, etc., etc. We'd be down for it. We love hearing from you guys out there, and we hope to keep pleasing and entertaining you. I 100% agree with that. If you guys have any indie games you like that you haven't heard me talk about on the show that you think maybe I'd be into, I would love to hear more indie game suggestions so we can all just get get all these indie games some good recognition, get them in the IG2G pot, and stir them all about. But until that happens, this podcast drops every two weeks on Tuesday, so we'll be back in your ear holes on the 6th of February. Jeez, oh, Pete, this month's already almost already gone for our very next episode. And you can find those episodes on iTunes, on Stitcher, and on Podbean. And as Eric said, if you like what we're doing and you'd like to help us out, please give us a like, a rating, a review, a comment, a subscription, any kind of good thing on any one of those good services because it does help us out. Ooh, and we really do appreciate it. We very much do appreciate it. And we also appreciate those five-star ratings on iTunes. Oh, man, they changed the world. They changed the world for us like hands across america here that's right (laughs) (laughs) and with that that, matt don't forget forget to to save. save